My name's Carl Hinder, and you're listening to the Salon Help Good To Go podcast, a podcast for salon and spa owners who are looking to grow. The only thing stopping you is you. Welcome to episode 17, Staff Accountability. Running guys, let's dive into this crazy bubble that we have in the hair and beauty industry, where we have staff who actually aren't accountable for anything. And when I say not accountable, I mean they demand, maybe it's you if you're a member of staff, but they demand that they are to work at a certain level that they want to work at. Not a level that suits you, not a level that suits the business, you know, a financial level, a level that suits them. Now, that isn't the worst thing. I mean, that's kind of natural in a way as a human. That's kind of normal. I want to do as least as I can in a way. But the worst part is the salon owners, which is you, you agree with them. So we have people who are delivering a workload and regardless of how high or low it is, they still expect to actually get paid. Now, they want to get a consistent pay, maybe for an inconsistent performance. And then on top of that, we are looking for pay rises and commissions and better conditions. And you, the salon owners, are always trying to deliver that for them. Now, that's you know wonderful. It's very, very amiable of you to look after your team. But the trouble is they're just not looking after you. Now, this is a business model which isn't sustainable and whatever 12 15000 salons a year are closing so there's my evidence guys this isn't sustainable unless you hit your numbers and hit your targets you're not going to have a very healthy business now anyone listening to this from outside our industry is going to think I'm going a little bit cuckoo when they say what you mean you got staff doing anything they want and owners agreeing with them now if they're not agreeing with them verbally they're certainly agreeing with them in terms of principle because we kind of endorse what they're doing and we're going to talk about that uh, in a moment of why they do it so it's the most common method that we use for managing staff and of course it doesn't work if you want to know if it's working for you or not have a think about some of these points are any of these things true for you for example if you're a salon owner, are you getting paid? I mean, are you getting paid all the time? Are you getting paid at the right levels? If you're not getting paid and you've got staff, then that says to me that maybe you're underperforming as well, but they are certainly underperforming and you are subsidizing them. Maybe you haven't got enough money to pay all of the bills on time or at the end of the month. Maybe you're overstaffed. Sometimes if you've got a lot of staff around and your sales are low, you're going to be an overstaffed situation because they're underperforming as individuals. And of course, you're going to have sales. And maybe, maybe you've got good sales, but you've got no profits. Sometimes I hear a salon owner saying, God, oh, we've taken a load of money, but there doesn't seem to be anything left at the end of the month. That tells me that in some way, you are probably overstaffed. Maybe you have got people in that team who are performing, but I bet you there's a whole pile of them. Well, it depends how big the team is. There's going to be someone, at least, who isn't performing properly. Now, when it comes to targets, what you've got to realize is whether you want them or not, the salon owner this is, whether you want targets or not for your staff, you as a salon owner have got them anyway. You are going to be given them. You're going to be given them by your utilities company. 
your electric company is definitely giving you a target to hit so that you can pay them. That wage bill from your staff is a target that you've got to hit to pay them. And there's other things, really important ones, of course, like taxes that are basically your target. So in targets are imposed upon you, we should be imposing targets upon every individual member of staff. Now, what we've got to think about is what's the logic here? We've got to realize, and people don't like this kind of terminology, by the way, what we've got to realize is we can only get money for the targets from one person. And that's the client, by the way. So we have to get money off the client to hit our targets. The only people who can get the money off the client, the only person who can collect the money is the stylist or the therapist. And if you're not doing that, we won't have enough money to actually achieve what we need to do. Look, it's, it's very simple. The client provides the money, the stylist or therapist gathers the money, it goes into a kitty, it gets redistributed. When there's a lot left, you have a profit, and that's a healthy business. That may or may not be your current model. If any of this is resonating with you, Maybe you are thinking, look, my staff don't actually want targets and I don't give them targets. And there's all sorts of reasons why I don't give them targets, Carl. Let's start by thinking about what other organizations have no team targets, no staff targets, or any organization, even charitable ones, by the way, that don't have financial targets. Even the art industry, and I'm talking about things like artists, like singers, they have targets. They've got to develop an album in X amount of months or X amount of years. Or authors of a book who have a big contract have got to provide you know, three books in two years or something along those lines. Your checkout operators at the supermarket, they've got to hit so many items per minute through the scanner. They can't just do what they want. And your bus driver, your bus driver has to get you from point A to point B in a certain amount of time. They can't take as long as they want because they don't want to be under pressure or they don't want to be stressed out. Now, you can't blame, you know, you can't blame your team per se, you know, for wanting an easy life. What we can blame is you. You know, it's you that are creating this situation. And as the podcast says, at the beginning of every single week, the only thing stopping you is you. And we blame you because you agree with them. Whether you agree with them in your actions or you actually sometimes, you know, when I'm on forums or sometimes when I'm coaching you or at least when we start in out in our journey and we're having these discussions, you actually agree that they shouldn't be having goals and targets. In analyzing this, we've got to realize that it's happened for a reason. Okay, so you're agreeing with them for a reason, but why is it? Now, it could be a number of things, and it's probably one or two of these things. You were probably treated pretty much the same when you were working for someone. Unless you was in a big corporate organization or in a big chain, salon chain, where they had to hit targets and goals because they had things like shareholders or uh, people who uh, had invested in the business, you were probably treated the same. So you've just continued, really, with what you knew. But in my opinion, the real reason 
that you don't hold your team accountable because I think you would like to. I think you would like all your team to hit X amount of money for the amount of money they're being paid so your business can generate X amount of money so you can pay your bills and have a profit and you and your family get everything you need and deserve. I actually think you actually want it. But the bit that you are avoiding is confrontation. That is the bit for most of you. And please drop a line in the notes if this is true or email me and say, Carl, that is absolutely spot on because you are doing all of these other things because your subconscious is trying to steer you away from accountability because it's also steering you away from confrontation or maybe it's not confrontation, maybe it's just steering you away from a difficult situation. Whether it was a case of that's the way you were brought up, that's what you learned, that's what it's always been like for you, or whether you catch yourself saying things like, I don't want to put them under pressure, Carl, or I don't want to create too much stress for them, or, you know, they are, they're creative, they're not salespeople, they're not business people. Or maybe you just simply saying to yourself, look, I just can't make them. I can't make them do it. All I can say is you're wrong. You can absolutely make people, employees, by the way, do whatever you need doing. That's the employee-employer relationship. Now, it doesn't have to be a bad relationship. Someone the other day said, I'm not treating my staff like robots. In fact, her words to me were, just leave us alone. Now, this wasn't a client, by the way. This was a social media voice. And I really, really felt for them that they are underperforming and they are stuck with that situation because of the way they believe, because of their belief system. Where salon owners think that this is an optional part of salon management, well, when I'm coaching my foundations, what I tell you is this. You will never get anywhere in your business. Nothing else in your business will actually work properly. You know, you pick something, whether it's actual uh, service sales or whether it's retailing or whether it's rebooking or if you just want a healthy business without accountability for your team, without them performing at the right level. Now, it's not just the sales actions. It'll be other actions as well, but it still boils down to accountability. And like I said to you just now, Nobody else, no other organizations operate in this way where staff set their own parameters and get paid at a standard level whilst doing whatever they want. It's, it's, it's either a, a business problem or maybe it's just business neglect. Um, sounds harsh, but one way or another, and this isn't really a business model that you can sustain, which is partly why we've had a movement over to the, uh, the you know the USA booth rental system or a renter chair or the self-employed model now this isn't as applicable to that but the reason or the reason for many people to move across to that is because salon owners think that will lower their stress because they're not having to deal with accountability that's the reality, honestly. It wasn't because we couldn't get staff and it wasn't because we couldn't pay them. It's because we didn't want to hold them accountable because accountability includes stress. However, the reality with the self-employed model is very, very similar. When you've got self-employed workers doing a really bad job for you, 
That's still stressful for the salon owner. It shouldn't be. That's another discussion. And I think we talked about it in a different podcast. And if they don't turn up for work or they're late for work or something like that, and you're having to contact their clients, not your clients anymore, by the way, their clients, clients of the self-employed worker, your stress isn't going down because you're still having to deal with them. So there's no easy way out here. Where Whichever model you use, employment model, which gives you your control, you know, and allows you to develop your reputation and develop and grow your sales, etc., or even the self-employed model where you should be in a position where they are responsible for everything. But in reality, that really, really happens. You're always going to be in a stress situation if what you're trying to do is avoid stress. You manage to lower your business stress when you organize, when you have systems and procedures, when everyone is contributing at the right level. So you're going to have an efficient business when everyone is contributing in actions and also those actions have got to result in some way in the right level of sales. Everyone has to be there for collecting money and nobody likes that. Nobody likes me saying, we're not there for collecting money, Carl. We're there to make people look good and feel good. No, guys, that's how you collect the money. You make people look good and feel good. They give you money. You've made your collection. So let's do a little bit of teaching, if you like, before we wrap up uh, this week's podcast. There's four parts, essentially, four or five parts to accountability. First of all, You've got to define the behaviors that are needed in your business to achieve what you want to. You've got to, you're going to have to write them down. What are the behaviors that you need? What do your staff need to do? Write them down. Okay, define the behaviors. The next thing you've got to do is you've got to communicate those expectations. Yes, this is the point that you didn't want to have. You didn't want to have the confrontation where they tell you, no, I've been doing it my own way for years. And you've been paying me for whatever I want to do. Yes, I'm laughing uh, behind the mic here uh, whilst doing a podcast because it is bizarre, isn't it? That we have people that we pay who do whatever they want. So we've got to define the behaviors. Then we've got to communicate the expectations. Then we've got to, this is kind of one point in a way, we've got to train people, but we must keep assessing them. So once they know what's expected of them and they have been trained, We've got to keep assessing them. We've got to make sure that their performance is appropriate and we've got to keep following up. We can't have a system that we catch up with people, you know, every few months. Or we try and do this as a staff meeting. That doesn't work. We've got to start focusing on our teams. Now, if you want accountability training, again, going down into the notes, uh, find my website or drop me a line at info at salon-help.co.uk. But here's a note for you. You've got to see your team individually, by the way. And it doesn't matter if you've got three staff or 30 staff. You have got to see them individually every week. And you've got to discuss their performance every single week. Not as a group, in a one-to-one session. And in this session... This is what I want you to do. Apart from ensuring that they know how well they did, how well they should have done, and then how well they did. And they should know that, by the way, before they've even got to the meeting. Shouldn't be any surprises. When they get to the meeting and they have failed, 
they need to be leaving that meeting with an action. Now, an action isn't, come on, guys, let's try harder. Come on, let's, let's have another push this week. Those aren't actions, okay? Those are intentions, and they may be good intentions, and they definitely, definitely mean them for about 10 minutes. They're not anything you can measure. It's not accountability. It's just a little G up, which they forget in five minutes. So these little meetings that I want you to be having every week. And if you want to know, like I said, the full accountability program, drop me a line. Have them every week and make sure they leave that space. I don't know where you're going to be. Maybe you're going to be in the office or something. Make sure they leave you with an action that progresses them and their sales or them and their um, their journey towards their achieving their goals. Really, really important. For them to do that, they've got to come into this meeting knowing how well they've done. I said this two minutes ago. The important thing is people need to know how well they are doing every single day. Having a meeting once a month or just checking a chart up on the wall in the staff room that nobody ever reads or putting it on a WhatsApp group that people only ever use really if they want to go down the pub together isn't holding people accountable. It's you abdicating. It's you hiding away. It's you and your mindset moving away from the pressure point. And that's what's happening when you don't hold people accountable. At the end of the day, accountability is the only way to develop your business. I promise you, it's the only way to develop your business and your team. Even if you're working on your own and you want to develop your business, you've got to hold yourself accountable. It's one of the things I do in coaching all the time, holding my guys accountable. You've got to hold yourself accountable. I hold myself accountable as a coach. You've got to keep focusing on the things that are important. If you don't use accountability, in all honesty, guys, you're just fooling yourselves. And that's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the Salon Help Good To Go podcast. Please check the podcast notes for useful links and leave me a review. Please also let other salon owners know that I'm here every Sunday evening at 4pm trying to kickstart their week. Great. I'll see you on next week's episode.